Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before an excellent podcast, quick shout out to our sponsor, Brex. Brex is a credit card for startups, the first one ever. It's fantastic. They don't require a personal guarantee by the founder. That is a huge, huge deal. Also has great integration with QuickBooks, which makes life easy for your accountant. And finally, they have really good rewards. They do startup-centric rewards, so like bonuses on ride-sharing and travel and eating out and things like that, all things that appeal to the whole team at a startup. So check out Brex, and if you go through their sign-up and type in Cruise, you get a discount. Hopefully you enjoy Brex, and thanks so much, guys, for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast. This is Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting, and today my very special guest is Chelsea Shukov of Sugar Paper. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you. Hi, Scott. Hey, so we have been friends for a very long time, 12, 12 years, I think. I know. Maybe longer. Maybe. Um, yeah, probably. Ananda Baron slash uh, Schweifler put us in touch many, many years ago. And I've always loved your business. I identified with you a lot because my mom, you feel like the reincarnation of my mom. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I know how much you are. Mom, I love you. <laughs> owned a really incredible small business that had a incredible brand and spoke to a lot of people. And it's not so small anymore, which is really awesome. And so maybe you can start the audience off just by retracing your career and, and how you had the idea for Sugar Paper. Sure. So I was working in entertainment in LA and I had an, a really incredible position where I was an assistant to a studio head. So I would sit kind of in the background of phone calls and listen to you know, powerhouse people do Hollywood business. And I hated my job. And I realized sitting in that position that if I didn't want this job, I shouldn't be in the industry at all. So it kind of started the path of like, what am I doing? Why am I here? If I don't want to be involved with these power players, what should I be doing? And so yeah, everyone works up to it, right? You had, you actually got like a place, a great entry point. Yeah, no, my entry point was really watching deals happen in real time. And I had access to very powerful people. And so I say now when people ask me business advice, the advice is if you don't want the person's job above you, you're in the wrong place. So I knew immediately I was in the wrong place. Fast forward to he liked me. I liked him. He was starting a company to kind of merge the internet and television, which was way ahead of its time. Um, we all still had dial-up modems, so that wasn't going to work. <laughs> but I moved over to that company. And during my tenure there, I met the art director who it was the first person's job that I found extremely exciting. And so when that company folded, because everything folded around that time. Early. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I called the art director and I just said, listen, like you're the only person I've ever seen do something that seems appealing to me. Can I come shadow you? And so I did. And, you know, she thought I was going to do web design or like something with design that was current and like of our age. But I, when I left there, I said, you know, I bought a letterpress and I think I'm going to start this printing business using this antique letterpress. And of course, of course, most people at the time were like, no, <laughs> bad idea. This is a digital age and yeah. you've decided to go back to a printing press. Um, weren't you like going home at night doing the letterpress and teaching yourself the letterpress? It's like almost like therapy or like. Yeah, I mean, it was like, like. Of love, like loving what you do. Totally. Totally. So it was a creative outlet. I didn't really understand that I was starting a business. I just needed something that felt like a passion project. And so 
ultimately what happened, and this is true of my business even today, women know women who know women. And people found out I had this letterpress. And so people who were getting married or having babies or had a sister who was having a bridal shower would call and say, will you print something for me? And so by the time I was really just doing it, I was having income come from the doing instead of having a business plan and business school and all the cool things you did. And I'm super jealous of now, <laughs> but I, I started you're, you're by doing. Me, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I've always tried to recruit you to come be part of sugar paper, but um, you know, I feel like it was really in the doing that the business was created. And then it started to get awkward that I was printing out of my living room and meeting people at Starbucks to sell wedding invitations. And so I needed to legitimize the business. And I was having lunch one day at a bakery that's very popular in Los Angeles. And the space next door had a for vent sign on it. And I just sat there watching like, you know, what we call well-heeled women with beautiful handbags walking in and out of this bakery. And I realized that my customer was already on that block. Yep. And so I just got stuck on this idea that I was going to open this paper store I really had no business opening a store. I didn't have much retail experience. I just knew that like it was something that was possible and I was going to do that. And so um, I have a business partner who is a best friend from college and I invited her to coffee the following day at, at the bakery Clementine, at the bakery. And I said, <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, like you see these women, they're totally my customer. And at the time she was helping me print. So so she was kind of part of the business without officially being part of the business. And I said, I think that these are our customers. And she was like, great. What are you going to do? Like walk up to these ladies and like <laughs> try to sell them stationery. And I was like, no, there's a space next door. I think we should open a store. And she looked at me and said, I think you're absolutely insane, but I'm totally in. Let's do it. That's awesome. So, so we did. So we opened a store and, you know, I mean, we, we painted the walls, we built the shelves. My husband installed the tech. Like we, chose a POS just by Googling it. I mean, really it was a labor of love. And immediately when um, women who were waiting for their lunch at Clementine would walk in, they just got it. And they, they I think they felt sorry for us a little bit. Like it was pretty, <laughs> you know, they Your saw Your first customers it. are often, I think feel the same way about us sometimes. They, yeah, there's a little bit of pity. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, some kind of leap on their part thinking, I think she knows what she's doing. Maybe we'll see about this. But then a month into business, Reese Witherspoon walked into the store. And so that was like a game changing moment. That was on my notes to ask you about. Okay. okay. So I don't know how long, when did you start the business? Started in 2003 in yeah. August. Yeah. So we were like, in that like probably four years in. I remember you telling me this amazing story about Reese Witherspoon. It's not, it's, it was amazing for you, but actually every time I see her on TV now, I just have positive thoughts about her. Tell everyone what, what she did for you. Yeah. So she came in the store and she kind of, you know, looked around and then grabbed a business card off of the counter and said, I'm going to call y'all because she's Southern. And she left and it was kind of that moment of like, uh, ooh, uh, we didn't, you know, turn her into a customer. We blew it. And, but she did, she called and um, she asked us if we would print stationery for her and her office and letterhead and kind of, you know, several different suites of stationery. And it was a very fast turnaround. And she said, you know, I'm having a story shot for InStyle magazine. And if you're able to do this, 
uh, we'll have it published in the magazine. And she did. And it just put our brand instantly on the map. So timing, luck, preparation, all of those things. <laughs> I want to go, I want to continue the story in a second, but I think there's, cause we kind of just got into like the, the timeline, but like, I'm like a, a guy, but I appreciate nice things. And your letterpress like stationery is incredible. Like it's like, it's as premium as premium can get. The designs are as beautiful as you could possibly be. So I feel like there's a little lesson to be drawn from this and that if you do really amazing work, you actually help create your own luck. Like, do you feel that way? You can, and don't be modest. Like people need to go to sugarpaper.com and check out your stuff. But like, is that, is that part of like your rationale or how you do the business? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I can geek out on this stuff all day, yeah. so I won't, I won't be Let's modest. No, but <laughs> I think it's important for people to know. A turning point in my career was a girlfriend sent me the book Purple Cow. Oh, by Seth Seth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when I read that book, it was a turning point for me to understand that I wasn't just going to print stationery. I was going to print the best stationery in the world. And whether or not I have accomplished that, that's still to be determined. But you're we're like, if you're that. not, you're like in the top 1% in the world at the very least. We're so. doing, we're you doing beautiful work. Definitely say you, you're there. Yeah. But you know, there were things like at the time, there were a lot of people that did have letter presses in their garage and everybody had to buy envelopes from the same maker. And we made a a very strong turn and decided that we were going to source a pallet of paper. We were going to have all of our envelopes custom converted. All of those envelopes were going to have the sugar paper brand name embossed in the envelope. There were choices that were made along the way in keeping with that idea of, yes, I could do it this way, but how do we make it better for every step? And so every single piece of like decision-making that goes into what we make is in keeping with that idea of we want to be the best piece of paper in the world. I, I, and I agree with that so much because it, it may sound weird, but we do that in accounting. Like that's how we think. Cause I think we're like you and that all, a lot of our clients or at least the big ticket clients come from word of mouth because someone had some, they had a great situation with us. And like the Reese Witherspoon thing is an incredible example for you because we Reese Witherspoon didn't she kind of, that kind of kick off like a series of celebrities? You had like the celebrity, totally. and then you had the the normal, well healed people doing using sugar paper too. Yeah, I mean, I think I it did. She was our first like big name, and probably if I could like paint the picture of the celebrity I would want to love our brand, it's her. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was really awesome, but I also think that like customer service, like really old fashioned values came into play in a way that people felt good when they were buying things from us because they mattered to us. Well, even that story, as you told her story, you said it's a very tight turnaround. It was yeah. probably something that happened in 24 or 48 hours. And that happens to us too. And that's, that's like that going the extra mile. It's, it's so cheesy and everyone knows it. But I think the cool thing is you set up the business to enable that kind of stuff. You know, like you were, you went the extra mile on purpose. Like you knew what you were doing. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, and this is unfortunate, but when I have, you know, we have a lot of employees now. And so we've had maybe hundreds in our tenure, but a lot of the younger people, there's a very key difference between people who become extremely successful and people who don't. And that is that they say yes to opportunities, even if it doesn't necessarily serve them in that moment. So I, that turnaround was Thanksgiving weekend. We were going to be 
up all night printing. We had to ask favors from our vendors to get plates and paper and envelopes that maybe were, were not in stock. We paid a premium on shipping to do all of that work. But saying yes to that opportunity opened another door, which opens another door. So I do think saying yes is a big piece of launching your own own success saying yes to opportunity should be its own sugar paper uh, <laughs> you know, business stationery. That is, that is a really good saying. And it's so true. I totally agree. I couldn't say yeah. that. Let's get back to the, the timeline. So like Reese Witherspoon comes in, you're in InStyle magazine, which is probably like the biggest, I'd say probably the biggest magazine at that point. It was huge. Huge. What happened next? Like, how did you, how did you make this happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I think women in LA, you know, LA is like the, biggest small town in the world. So I think that once we had that kind of tangible piece of credibility, there were a lot of women that were interested to see like, what is this place and what do they make? And maybe I need that. Um, And so really like word of mouth really is how it all happened. But then, you know, Reese Witherspoon's best friend is a woman named Heather Whitney. (laughs) Heather Whitney met Jim Rosenfield, who's the owner of the Brentwood Country Mart. And Jim Rosenfield came into the store and said, I think you should open up the Brentwood Country Mart. So again, I said yes to go take a look. (laughs) And then we ended up opening at like one of the most noteworthy retail locations in Los Angeles because of that yes and that connection. And then just things started happening. So we had like a loyal celebrity following and we had women that were referring us. And and that was really the piece in the business where the learning curve was steep. And for as beautiful as it looked from the outside internally, it was a hot mess. It was yeah. really hard. I've <laughs> totally been really- there. We've, <laughs> and I have lived that too. And, and our team has lived that. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to also have people at the company who can tolerate that. That's like a skill. Yeah. And it's like, I, we, I used to work the store. So when we started getting bigger, I couldn't do that anymore. And keeping like my arms around the customer service or how emails were being answered or how questions in the store, those things started to kind of fall apart. And that was a really hard time as well as the business was growing in all these different ways, as well as we had one of the most sophisticated customer sets in the world. So they have a completely different expectation of service. So there there was a lot going on there. (laughs) I can actually relate to that too, because our, our startup founders like, it's so intense what they're going through, and they it's they need the financials to be right so this so the VCs can get the you know get the money and da da da. And yours are the exact same different different pain point, but like they need it to be perfect. Like I can't imagine if you had a, a, a Christmas card completely messed up or how how terrible that would be for your customer, you know. And so it's like it's fixable. Everything's fixable, but it's like that delighting them and letting them kind of experience the best of sugar paper is so important. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been a challenge and luckily we muscled our way out of it and we've done a lot of work in, in that way, but you know, the business now that was the origin story, right? So there was a retail store, then there were two retail stores. We were making custom things. Then, you know, as it goes, I had a baby. So (laughs) That's like when things shift, right? Mentally of like, do I want to do these one-off orders, work in a retail store every day? So of course, to make my life easier, I launched a wholesale business, (laughs) 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 which, um, you know, wholesale has its own set of challenges. And then with that wholesale business came licensing opportunities that I didn't even know the word licensing. I didn't know what that was. 
And so currently we run five models. So we run. Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. We run retail, wholesale, online. So direct to consumer uh, bespoke, which is our custom manufacturing printing side of the business and then licensing. So there's a lot going on. Is wholesale the target stuff? No, that's, that's licensing. Okay. Maybe yeah. tell the story about, I mean, we're skipping ahead here, but like, I was like, I remember like one day I may have been Instagram or Twitter, I don't know what it was, but I was like, holy shit, sugar papers in Target now? Like, yeah. It's amazing. Like tell everyone how that happened. Well, it's so funny because it, yeah, no, it happened by accident. So we had taken sugar paper to our very first trade show in 2012. So really the business as it stands started in 2012, even though the company started in 2003. This company approached us and said, you know, would you be interested in making a planner? And I'm thinking, like, does anyone use a planner anymore? Like, like a day runner? Is that what you're asking me? But at the same time, I had been to, you know, in staple stores and those things. And I remember always thinking when I would look at these things, you know, this is just not okay. Like they should be designing these things better than this black exterior and these terrible fonts. And so when they asked us, it was something that I um, wasn't able to print on a letterpress. So letterpress printing is one piece of paper at a time, one ink color at a time. So printing 365 unique pages is impossible. And so again, we said, yes, yes, that sounds interesting. So we took a meeting and we agreed to design, I think it was like 30 different planner formats for this company. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, they're little big wall calendars, all these different things. And it just seemed fun to us at the time because we weren't making anything like that. Thank God. One of my girlfriends is a licensing agent. And I happened to mention this at sushi (laughs) and she was like, (laughs) whoa, 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 whoa. You need a contract. You you need to send me that. I need to look at this. yeah, yeah, Yeah. So she looked at it and said, hey, the distribution on this is probably not something you're going to be comfortable with. If I were you, I would go back and say you will only sell to Target stores because there were a lot of big box retailers listed on that. Oh, and And Target has like an upscale image like that. Yeah, it's not as as upscale as like uh, Neiman Marcus or something like or Barney's, but it's it's upscale and kind of mass market, I'd say. Yeah. And I think, too, like our one of our guiding principles is we only work with the best. So they're the best in big box and Harrods is the best in luxury. You know, so when we're looking at an opportunity, that is the that the guiding principle. But so we did this planner collection. It was just supposed to be like a blip like we're gonna sell some planners to target and that's fun what ended up happening is that that planner collection went live and because it was with another company not directly through target our name was not attached to the product oh my gosh i didn't know that it was on the product but in the target computer system oh okay okay it it was like the vendor name not our name and people started tweeting at target And started going to individual locations and saying, I've been to five locations. Where is my sugar paper? I can't find the sugar paper. So much to the point that someone in Minneapolis ended up saying, like, who is sugar paper and what do they sell for us? Because this is creating a ruckus. Yeah. yeah. And so we got a phone call from Target Corporate that said, whatever you're making for us is creating such a stir that we would like you to come out here. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah. So. 
um, again, saying yes to an opportunity created a different opportunity. So we flew out to Minneapolis. That uh, planner collection ended up being one of the best-selling planner collections of all time for Target. And so then we ended up doing a direct partnership with Target. So we actually have two different things that we do for them. We do these office products um, that we have since pulled from Target for several years. We are going back into Target in March. So that's super exciting. But then every year we've been doing this gift wrap program and it's a co-brand with Target, which is just insane. Good for you. That's just incredible. Incredible. So out of those five businesses, five business units, like what's, what are the pros and cons? Like, is there, is online awesome? Cause everyone can buy it from you, but then you got the crazy customer service or like, what are, what are some of the things you think about? And by the way, we only have a certain amount of time, but yeah. we actually run an incredibly sophisticated custom manufacturing. So like there's a whole, there's a whole dorkiness I want to get into about like how you do that, but I don't think we have enough time today. So we'll yeah. have again. Okay. Uh, but talking about the business units, like how do you manage these different things? You have people in charge of them. Pros and cons of each unit? Like, how do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think retail is our roots. So a lot of questions we get asked is like, why retail? But for us, it's like, oh no, retail is the business. That's how we started. So to us, that's the easiest part of our business. Wholesale is just a hot mess in this time and place. So... You know, we like it because we're stationary makers and we sell to stationary stores in towns that people are insanely loyal to their local stationery. Yeah, yeah. So we want to have a presence there. But in terms of the wholesale, just... It's tough. In general, it's a tricky business. And then licensing. I mean, we work with amazing partners. So we get to work with J. Crew and Paperless Post and Target and some of like the best in class partners. So we love that business. Also, we don't have to make or ship anything. So we design it all. They make it, they ship it. Does that scratch your, because you're kind of a designer at heart, you know, like does that scratch that special itch for you or allow you to be more experimental? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have parameters, but I do feel like, with sugar paper, because we're not funded, we have to be very conservative about any product that we're making and putting in our inventory. With Target, it's like, let's try that, you know? I mean, it's, so we get to go and they're, they're the best sourcing in the world. It's, it's amazing. That's amazing. That, yeah. It is like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know the limitations you're talking about. You're almost like a rock band that gets to go in the recording studio for a week on like the, the, someone else's dime. Right? Yes. Another thing I wanted to cover was this amazing story of an executive calling you out of the blue at a family. Yeah. You want to tell this one? This is yeah. awesome. So the, I didn't touch on my bespoke business, which is that I get to make beautiful custom things for very um, influential people. And so what happened was I had printed a business card for a woman who is the former editor of W Magazine. And she was in the J Crew offices with Nikki Drexler, who in my opinion, is like a business rock star and a retail rock star. So she had handed him her business card and he took one look at it and like put his fingers over it and was like, who makes this? Where did oh you get Oh my God, this? that's awesome. And she said, oh, I, I have them printed at Sugar Paper in Los Angeles. And so I was sitting at my desk and my phone rang and I picked up the phone and I always just say, this is Chelsea. And he said, Chelsea, Mickey Drexler, how are you? And thank God I know who Mickey Drexler is because 
my heart just was in my toes. And he said, I'm sitting here with, you know, your client and I'm holding her business card. I've never seen anything more beautiful. And what do you think about maybe sending me some samples and we should work together? So, you know, I share an office with my business partner and I was across the room snapping my fingers like, <laughs> I'm speaking to Mickey Drexler. Um, so amazing. He, for people who don't know, he basically was a CEO of Gap, ran every division, made a super successful company, then went to J. Crew, where he was calling you from, right? Yeah, and reinvented yeah. J. Crew. And yeah, and J. Crew is incredible now, too. So did you end up doing something with them, or where did that go? We did, although we did not after that phone call. And that was probably one of the biggest business heartbreaks I've ever had. But it, it helped me kind of go to the next level because I sent the samples and Jenna Lyons called and said, no, these aren't, these aren't quite right for what we're looking for. And so in that moment, we had to get really serious about, you know, product, product packaging, what that looks like in a retail environment. And I definitely like was a pain point, but it pushed us to be better. How do you, how'd you get better on that? You did you hire someone who knew how to do that or just go to talk to people or that seems like a very discreet skill. You know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think when you're immersed in this world, I mean, I, I'm always in retail looking at things. I just think I realized in that moment that the work was beautiful, but the presentation was mm. off. And for him, he has to put it in hundreds of stores. It has to be, you can't have shopware on a box. You can't, you know, so we just pushed ourselves to be better. So we did it internally, but it, it was a highlighting something that was wrong. That's incredible. All right. We got to wrap it up. You are, I'm so proud of you. So proud <laughs> to just have seen the growth and you're amazing. There's two things I really, I, you said two amazing things, which is say yes to opportunity. I love that. And also if you're not, if you don't want the job ahead of you, then you're in the wrong business. Like I never, I don't think I've ever heard someone articulate that, but it makes so much sense to me. You know, it's like, I also think there's a, an amazing lesson in that you had the strength to, to leave something you weren't happy doing. A lot of people have a hard time with that. And I just think it's really cool that you listen to who you were and, and, and it went from just something fun to this amazing business. Yeah. Really cool. I mean, we say often it's not easy, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's really cool. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find sugar paper and how they can reach out. If they, if sure. I mean, sugarpaper.com, which we didn't talk about that. I do love that business. Um, and then website. we, yeah, we have three stores, Marin Country Mart, Brentwood Country Mart, and um, Lido Marina down in Newport Beach. That's right. You just came up to San Francisco. I missed the, I have a, you know, I have a little baby, so it's hard yeah. for me to go that night. But you opened up in Marin, which is super exciting. Yeah, you need to go check it out. So I will cute. check it out. I know exactly where, because that, that used to be where Serena and Lily's office was, right? In I that same complex? Think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, okay. And so sugarpaper.com, Marin, if you're in NorCal, uh, LA, and Brent, what, Brentwood, and where else? And Newport Beach. And then if you're on the East Coast or, or uh, in, in the U.S. somewhere, they can find you online, sugarpaper.com. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I'm going to have you back because <laughs> okay. we hear about all the production stuff, and there's probably many more funny stories I haven't heard. Congratulations yeah. on your success. Thanks, Scott. And give Jamie my best, too. I will. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that episode of Founders and Friends Podcast. Quick shout out to Brex, the first startup credit card. Brex is our sponsor and we really appreciate their support. Brex has no personal guarantee for founders. That's a really big deal. It integrates really nicely with QuickBooks. 
great rewards that are startup centric. It's a really nice little tool and we are seeing it uh, all across the cruise uh, portfolio of clients. So check it out. And again, if you go through the sign up flow and type in cruise, you get a discount. So hopefully you'll check out Brex. Thanks again for the support on the podcast, guys. Take care.